Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome in to this edition of the Steelers Q&A. My name is Jeremy Betts, coming to you as always here from Fans First Sports Network. So happy that you can join me today, whether you're listening live on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, or whether you are catching this after the fact on streaming platforms, you get your podcasts. I appreciate you joining me. Um, definitely look to tune into the live show sometime. And I know we run this <clears throat> early in the morning on Saturdays. This is no different. Uh, 8.38 is the start time of this one here. And uh, I hope you can join me. It looks like we got a couple people in uh, the, the room already watching. So thank you so much for joining. We got to talk some Steelers football this week, as we always do. Got to answer some Steelers questions. So if you have questions, that's what this show is about. Put those in the comment section and I will get to your questions and we will answer those and have a good time on the show. In the meantime, though, <clears throat> I just wanted to talk about the last game against the Packers. We talked about the Steelers need to keep the ground game going, that they needed to they needed to shut down the Packers in the red zone, and they did all of those things. 205 yards on the ground, and then one for five in the red zone for the Packers, which is fantastic for this defense. They are right now the fourth best defense as far as touchdowns allowed in the red zone. And that is huge. They are winning in that area despite giving up really a ton of yards, especially through the air. And last week it was a little bit more heinous of a crime than usual just because you had uh you had so much so many injuries on the back end that the communication just fell to pieces for the Pittsburgh Steelers and so you had guys running free but hey when you got to the red zone your Pittsburgh Steelers locked them down kept them out and then on the final drive taking the ball away the last two drives once in the end zone and the other on the doorstep of the goal line you just you can't measure that the value of that is huge and and you can play a sloppy game if you can do those types of things and you can still win. That's how the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing it. Is it sustainable every week? No, it's not. We've seen a loss of the Jaguars where they can get the, the turnovers and the offense couldn't get going and you have a 20 to 10 loss. Um, you know, the offense can't going against a really good team in the San Francisco 49ers and the defense can't make those, those big plays, those big stops and in, in key moments. And, and you lose that game. But then you've got six other games where the Steelers just kind of muddle their way to a win. And it's never pretty. I mean, we can we can chalk it up. We're not going to see a pretty victory from the Steelers this year. The prettiest you'll get is, uh, I mean, the prettiest you'll get is probably that Packers game. Uh, where you're kind of in the lead the whole time until the very end and you need a play. You go get the lead again and then you get two plays to stop them. That's Steelers football this year. So, um, this week, a tough Browns team comes to town, and I know that they're going to be missing Deshaun Watson. And that's why the title of this show is The Steelers Cannot Lose to the Browns on Sunday. You, you cannot lose to a Cleveland Browns team starting Dorian Thompson Robinson at quarterback. You just can't do that. If you want to be competitive in this AFC, you have to be a Browns team in your own division with their third string quarterback in play. And make no mistake, this is their third-string quarterback. The Browns said, okay, no Deshaun, this season's over for us. 
I don't think they should have done that. They should have started PJ Walker, in my opinion. He had been winning games for them. He wasn't spectacular, no. The upside is higher with Dorian Thompson Robinson, but you're basically admitting if you're Cleveland this week, <clears throat> okay, Deshaun's down. We're going to turn to the kid just to see what we have. We already know what we got in PJ Walker. We're going to turn to the kid just to see what he's got. And and our season, we're not going to compete for the Super Bowl, so it doesn't matter anymore. And, I mean, thank goodness for the Pittsburgh Steelers, my team, right, our team here, that doesn't take that philosophy. When Ben Roethlisberger goes down for the year in 2019, they go to their guy, Mason Rudolph, who they had drafted for such a moment as that, and they made it work, and they tried to win ball games, and they just missed the playoffs. And maybe the only reason they did is because Mason Rudolph sustained the injuries against uh, against the Browns with the infamous helmet gate game and then uh, a Ravens injury as well. Just a big concussion in that game that really messed him up. He was on a roll until that game. And uh, so, uh, you know, it makes sense as to why the Pittsburgh Steelers are the franchise that they are, the winning franchise that they are, and the Browns are not because of decisions like this where the Browns have a guy that could probably still lead them to the playoffs. That guy is not Dorian Thompson Robinson to this point, and the Browns know it. They're just willing to <clears throat> sacrifice that goal to see what they have in the young guy and play for 2024. That seems to be the mindset. And if you're a Steelers fan, you cannot lose to a team that has that mindset. You just can't. This team in Pittsburgh has aspirations this year, whether deserve it or not, whether you think they deserve they have to have playoff aspirations or AFC championship aspirations or, or Super Bowl aspirations, whatever you think their limit is this year, whether you believe that they should have those aspirations or not, they do because they're the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they're going to try to win these games. They're going to try to get into the playoffs. And I don't know. They don't care if they get spanked in the playoffs. They made it to the playoffs. Would they like to win in the playoffs? Yes, they would. But this Browns team, they're saying, nah, we're done. No Deshaun Watson. Obviously, Deshaun Watson <clears throat> must have been playing at a top five quarterback level uh, for the Browns to make this decision because obviously he's the one that's been the driving force behind all their wins. <clears throat> Wrong again. That's not the case. It's this defense. And that's why I'm saying... Pittsburgh, you cannot lose this game because this defense is still really good. They could, they made life miserable for this, for the Steelers' offense in week two, without two whacked out defensive touchdowns on a triple tipped ball on the first play of the game, and a strip sack return for touchdown on the last play of the game. This Steelers team loses this game, twenty plus points to twelve. Because their offense couldn't do a thing. And that cannot happen this time around. You're not going to get two defensive scores again. The funny thing is, is that the Steelers are absolutely due for a defensive score. Uh, they haven't had one in a while. And it's the Browns again that are coming up on the schedule. And it's a rookie quarterback with pocket issues who relies on mobility to get out of out of where he wants to be. Or, or into where he wants to be. And so the Steelers can really feast on that type of player, I think. But you cannot lose this game. You cannot lose to the Browns 
a, a team that is basically throw, raising the white flag and saying, well, let's just see what we got. Let's just see what we got in DTR. And uh, if we win games, great. If we lose games, uh, we, we get that draft pick. Uh, you know, that's that's their mindset here. And uh, uh, I would rather be a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but they better win this week. All right, let's see. Some comments coming in. Dominic Finney, thank you, Dominic, for joining in, chiming in. Their fans and media have no respect for the Steelers. We need to not only win, but punish the Browns. I love it. Love that mindset. And uh, uh, my wife's not here right now um, in the house, so I'm going to be a little more animated right now. we gotta we gotta trounce those Browns. Uh, and for those who don't know, my wife is a Browns fan, and so we'll have the line drawn in the middle of the living room on Sunday, and she better go get her own chips and dip. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> uh, so I I you're absolutely right, Dominic. Their fans don't respect the Steelers. They don't think that Pittsburgh is gonna win this game. I mean, Las Vegas doesn't think that the Steelers are going to win this game. They've got the Browns as a one point favorite at home with a, with a rookie quarterback making his second start after his first start was an abject disaster uh, against a Raven squad that just, that just made it look like he was their third string quarterback, which he was. So all I'm saying is the Steelers better do the same. It sounds like Dominic, you agree with me. I like it. Let's answer a question here. Gene, oh man, Gene, your last name is awesome, but I'm not going to try to pronounce it here <laughs> because uh, I, I can't even do it for draft picks that I like look over the name and study over multiple minutes. Uh, and uh, so I'm not going to even attempt your Gene. Oh, we're going to call you Gino. What's up, Gino? Do you think the offense would roll better if they start scheming pickings as a wide receiver one and not DJ? Gino, you must be listening to me on every podcast because I don't think I leave a podcast without saying that. George Pickens absolutely must be schemed as the Steelers wide receiver one. He absolutely must. Um, that is not up for debate. It, it can't be up for debate at this point. De- Deontay Johnson might be the, be the best or one of the best number twos in the league, uh, but he is not a number one receiver. George Pickens is the only player on this team with elite capabilities on the offensive side. And I mean the only one. By now, I think we know Pat Fryermuth's ceiling. Really good tight end, not elite. Okay? Um, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, really good, not elite. Najee, you can make the case, is only he's okay. Definitely not elite. Jalen Warren, really good, not elite. Kenny Pickett, he's not elite. He'll never be elite. He could be highly serviceable (laughs) he could be one of the better game managers in the league and he's proving kind of to be that right now and just not flashy stats maybe he can grow into a Kirk Cousins type player um then maybe I guess yeah he's one of the best in the league at that point uh I would call Kirk Cousins elite that's kind of the ceiling for Kenny Pickett but the ceiling for George Pickens is is through the Akersher stadium non-roof i mean it's uh, it's sky high um and uh, everybody sees it i mean you've got chad ocho cinco chiming in saying george pickens man he's a top five receiver in this league they just don't use him like that if everybody can see it why don't the steelers see it good grief i mean 
I just don't get it, Gino. And and I'm going to say this. It it is a fireable offense in itself for Matt Canada that he is not scheming up George Pickens as his number one receiver. That in and of itself, forget the rest of the schematic issues with this offense. It is fireable alone. (laughs) <laughs> that George Pickens is not treated as the number one receiver in this offense. So I agree with you hundred percent that the offense would roll better if they started scheming Pickens as the one and not DJ. And I think Kenny Pickett would look better too. And then I think you call him down a receiver beside the point, you call him down a receiver. That's um, that's a, a firework ready to go off anyway. So Feed him as your one. Treat him as your one. You solve multiple issues. Your offense is better. Deontay Johnson fills in that chain mover role, that that lightning quick goal line, you need a slant route on the goal line type of guy. And he could be amazing at that. But George Pickens needs to be targeted all over this field. Use him in the middle of the field. Let him body up people. Let him play big. We know he can do it. Uh, we've seen him do it, but you're killing the guy's confidence if you quit if you don't throw him the football. And I think that that's part of the issue here is that the Steelers are not treating a guy who deservedly should be treated as a wide receiver one. They're not doing that, and that's malpractice by the Steelers coaching staff, hundred percent. All righty, let's see. Brian Brown, thanks Brian for joining always in this chat, and and we love Brian Brown here. Uh, on the Q&A and here at Steel Curtain Network. Brian, thank you for chiming in. Brian says, I love the Steelers winning off defensive turnovers. The anticipation of the fumble or interception is awesome. Absolutely. And I think for me, ever since 2019, I've had a different view of this defense. They were so opportunistic in 2019. They they were more fun to watch than the offense. I think many of, of you would agree with that. When Ben Roethlisberger went down and this defense really just put the team on its back and was the best iteration of the Steelers defense since the Super Bowl eras for the Steelers since the early aughts, <laughs> the early 2000s, um, early to, or the, let's, let's see the mid to late 2000s and the early 2010s, 2019 was the best iteration of the defense since then. And, and for sure um, in the post Roethlisberger era. And I include 2019 in that for the most part, 2020 is such an outlier. Uh, of a of a season 2021 was not the Roethlisberger we we know so you know it's in in the decline of Roethlisberger in the end of Roethlisberger um, that defense was the best and so I hope that they can they can ever since then uh, they've been peaking the imagination of what things could could be on defense and and they still live up to that in some degrees they just give up a little bit more yards than than they have before all righty let's see here I'm gonna go to break real quick uh, on the audio side so we can uh, pay some bills but if you're here on the live youtube feed or twitter feed or facebook feed don't go anywhere because i'm not going anywhere we'll be right back after this and welcome back to the steelers q a it's jeremy Betts with you here on a saturday morning um we're talking steelers versus browns we're talking george pickens defense talking everything here get your questions in there and we will talk through everything and and i do want to bring this up from george george thanks for joining in the chat here uh george says steelers better prepare for pj walk 
Walker also, just in case. Absolutely. Um, and PJ Walker to me is Deshaun Watson light. <laughs> make he can make a bunch of uh, nice throws. He's gonna make some mistakes. He can move around a little bit, but he's he's Deshaun Watson light. So um, you know, it, it doesn't scare me that he could potentially be in this game. Uh, you've got to be prepared for what DTR can do on the ground and for the different ways that they'll scheme him up with the running game this week. Really, in preparation for DTR, you're really preparing for this running game and what DTR will do to, to piggyback off of that. For P.J. Walker, you'd have to handle more of a standard passing game a little bit, so they do need to be prepared for that. Um, one of those mid-game switches due to injury or benching could benefit the Browns if the Steelers have not put in the time on uh, studying, uh, studying up on P.J. Walker as well. So a good comment there from from George, something to keep in mind as this game um, unfolds. Derpy Entertainment. I feel like I should be a part of that channel. <laughs> uh, Derpy Entertainment, how are you today? Thanks for joining in. Uh, says the title of, is very accurate. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I spent all of five minutes coming up with it, but it, it's what I've been thinking about all week, so it makes a lot of sense. The title is very accurate. could change the whole narrative of the Steelers season. Absolutely. Steelers lose this game. Then what are we doing? I mean, you, you cannot go two games down to the Ravens and a game behind the Browns um, in a division where the Browns said, we're done. We're, we don't even want to try anymore. We're going to try the rookie and, and see what happens. You don't see what happens if you're trying to win an AFC North. The Steelers are trying to win AFC North, win the dang ballgame. That's all, all there is to it. Uh, Brian Brown with another question. Do you think maybe the Steelers have stumbled into a good player with Walker, Michael Walker? Kind of like finding Montrevious Adams. I think if Michael Walker provides Montrevious Adams level production at the linebacker position, oh man, you could, couldn't be happier with that. Adams isn't perfect. Uh, he's not a Pro Bowl caliber player. He's not even a starting caliber player necessarily, but as a fill-in player, as a rotational player, absolutely uh, a fantastic find for the Steelers off the Green Bay Packers practice squad. And if Michael Walker turns into that, I mean, he, the guy had 102 tackles for the Falcons last year. That's got to mean something. This guy knows how to get to the football. That's what you need right now. Maybe he can cover a little bit better than Elandon Roberts. You just need bodies back there to that can communicate and keep things in front of them. That's just what you need. And, and if Walker can do that and be a Montrevious Adams level player at the linebacker position, then I think the Steelers might be onto something there uh, as far as saving that inside linebacker room. Excuse me for a second. You know, those crown Royal commercial water breaks. Well, this is the Steelers Q&A water break. Get some water on a Saturday morning. All righty. Good question, Brian. Thank you for, for that one. You've got another one here. Let's pull it up. Oh, several from Brian, and we'll get to all of them. Do you think maybe the Steelers have stumped? Oh, <laughs> my bad. That's the same question. Uh, let's do this one here. <laughs> what do you know about these new middle linebackers the Steelers are starting kind of in uh, line with this? Well, Michael Walker, like I mentioned, 102 tackles for the Falcons last year. He's kind of been a rotational player, but the Falcons' defense needed help last year. They were kind of reaching down into the bag. They had lost uh, Foye Aluakun to the Jaguars 
uh, that off season. And so they were sorting out their linebacker room and uh, um, Michael Walker kind of came in and established himself as a decent player there. They just made moves elsewhere on defense and decided not to keep him. So he ends up on uh, through a myriad of ways, I believe, to on the Steelers practice squad. And they did so knowing that he had in-game experience, a, a lot of production. And so he, he kind of figures to be kind of their, I don't know, he, he would be kind of their uh, Quan Alexander role type player, I would expect in this defense. And then um, Tariq Carpenter, I think is his name. I, a former safety. Um, he's, he's got some ball skills. He's got some coverage skills. I think they see him as kind of like, a, uh, let's see, a, a Marcus Allen, maybe a little bit better than Marcus Allen is, is the hope um, that he can provide some, some kind of hybrid safety linebacker stuff and cover tight ends. Uh, so if he ends up playing a role here on defense, that could be big for them as well. And then I don't know this whole Brian Robinson or excuse me, uh, this whole uh, Mark Robinson in the doghouse situation that Mark Caboli uh, recently was talking about. That is is big to me uh, because I think that he was the guy that they were hoping would step up. And if there's some issues there, then they're having to reach deeper into the bag. And that's why I think you saw on, on X yesterday, some rumors from the insiders, the big time insiders that the Steelers were in communication with uh, miles Jack about bringing him back now that he's cleared waivers and is available. Um, which to me, I think would be huge. I think you've got to find a way to do it. Um, get him in the building early next week and let him, uh, see how, in shape he is and, and see if he can pick up the defense again, um, which should be easy since he was a part of it last year and the DC hasn't changed. Um, philosophies haven't changed really. You just don't have uh, Brian Flores there anymore coaching the linebackers. So uh, that to me is a big deal and they, they need to do, they need to do that. Uh, Gino's back. Gino says, do you see them using rush a bit more? I hope so. Uh, I think he's got a lot of upside. He was one of my favorite corners in this draft class uh, out of South Carolina. I thought overall the traits matched up for being a, a quality NFL starter for him better than his more highly touted teammate, Cam Smith, who went to the Dolphins. And so I, 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 I just don't know. I don't know the situation in Indianapolis, why he ended up on their practice squad, but I do think that the Steelers may have found a, a player that can be a part of their plans moving forward, that I think he can be James Pierre plus. He can be better than James Pierre. Um, he's got better length, better speed. Um, he attacks the ball. He's got ball skills. So I would love to see him get on the field more um, and be a part of the defense and hopefully show that maybe he can be a part of the, the unit moving forward. Um, so. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then Brian Brown uh, cl clarifies one of his questions. Uh, he asked because coverage linebacker is what the Steelers need. And I hear that's what Walker is. Yeah, he's got that ability. Like I said, Quan Alexander type ability, maybe a little bit better in coverage. Who knows? Maybe this works out for the better. You still got your thumper in a Landon Roberts. Maybe you got a little bit better cover guy in Michael Walker who can make plays and get Miles Jack in the building. And then you've got two guys who can run and hit and, and a, a guy that can cover not saying that they're better than 
Holcomb and, and Alexander together on this team, but you, you at least have something comparable and maybe a little bit better in coverage overall. All righty, let's see here. David Sears says 2023 NFL season equals just another winning regular season versus nothing happens during the playoffs. Mediocrity accepted once again. I mean, it could be that's the case. Um, it's not acceptable to me. I, I think if that happens, then you you got to make changes. I, I think if you make a playoff run, probably still got to make changes on offense. To me, here's the here's the question I have for the Steelers front office is, okay, Matt Canada and Terrell Austin are you winning in spite of them? And, and if so, can you please upgrade those positions so that you're not winning in spite of them anymore? And maybe you're winning bigger because of them, because their scheme set up your team for success, because you've, you've recognized and developed talent in a way that neither of these guys have been able to do. I mean, I'll give Terrell Austin credit for this. Joey Porter Jr. might be a revelation. This guy might be one of the best cover corners in the NFL already. And, and that is humongous for the Steelers if that is the case. Obviously, he needs to be put in more situations. He needs longer to, to figure things out uh, to, or for us to figure out what he really is. But so far, the returns are fantastic on Joey Porter Jr. Um, So credit Ter Terrell Austin for that. I have less grievances against Terrell Austin than I do against uh, Matt Canada and and that's well documented for me and everybody else but uh, he, what I'm saying is you cannot say okay we made the playoffs we won a game and we got lucky uh, we scored a defensive touchdown uh, uh, we're good we'll just ride with this next year again and, and maybe just maybe we'll be just a little bit better uh, to get into the uh, the AFC championship or something you can't hope for those kind of things if you win a playoff game this year and then get blown, your doors blown off by the Kansas City Chiefs or the Miami Dolphins in round two, in the divisional round, uh, then you've got to make changes. You've got to get somebody in there on offense who can run an NFL offense, and you've got to be able to see what Kenny Pickett can do in that type of offense. I mean, y'all should start praying now, Steeler fans, that the Packers. Um, the Packers or the Pants get stupid here and fire a guy like Matt LaFleur or fire a guy like Frank Reich and the Steelers can swoop up something like that because that would that would change this team's trajectory. It really would. And I know their struggles as head coaches. Believe me, I know that. But there is a difference between being a head coach and an offensive coordinator. And if you can get Frank Reich as your offensive coordinator for 2024, then... He doesn't have the responsibility of running the team. That's on Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, to me, does a fantastic job running the day-to-day -day operations of a football team. But he needs some help on offense. And he needs a guy with pedigree, with some QB whispering knowledge. And I know that's why the Panthers brought him over to Carolina. But that's just a horrid situation, a tough ownership group. Um, and and an overreach for quarterback in Bryce Young. Uh, and I don't think he's going to have too much in the, in, in the, in the league. So you come to Pittsburgh, you get Kenny Pickett. You could be, we could be on cloud nine as Pittsburgh Steelers fans next off season. So cross your fingers uh, about something like that going down. Uh, but just to kind of consider this question here again, you know, mediocrity cannot be accepted anymore. If the Steelers 
have a winning regular season and they are a non-factor in the playoffs again, then you've got to make changes. Now, if the offense morphs into something of an elite rushing team and the passing game morphs into, okay, we're targeting George Pickens number as our one receiver um, and we can be explosive and they win a couple playoff games and somehow make it to the AFC championship, then you've got a question on your hands. Do we blow this thing up on offense or do we keep what's here and see if we can't make it one more game to the Super Bowl? Um, that would be, you know, much more questionable of a, of a situation. Um, but right now you've got to blow it up this off season. You, you just have to. All righty. Let's see here. Dominic Finney makes a fantastic point here. Najee Harris has 102 carries for 458 yards and four touchdowns in five games against the Browns. Feed him. Yes. Feed this running game. Feed Najee Harris uh, in the red zone. Uh, get him touches. But I uh, don't go back to just Najee Harris. I mean, the 16-15 numbers from last week, ooh, that made me happy. <laughs> 50% snap share or 50% attempt share there. Uh, for each one, that was exactly, exactly what I wanted to see. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, fantastic, and uh, I, I hope that they I hope that they can ride this running game again this week. That will help a lot if they can go into Cleveland here and pound the rock again, beat up on this team and, and eliminate Miles Garrett um, and company off the edge, Zadarius Smith that would be fantastic for this team to be able to do. So uh, we talked about this a little bit ago, but Brian asked Miles Jack is coming back. I, he could, he, he very well could. I, I hope he does. Um, there's definitely a, a possibility of it. Uh, many people think that that is going to happen. Just maybe not before this game on Sunday, obviously he hasn't had a chance to get involved, but maybe a Sunday night transaction, Monday transaction, whatever that would be. Uh, he could be added to this team. All righty. Let's see here. Uh, let's see. We got a question. Uh, Nick, I think is it is what it is. I uh, says getting to the playoffs is not mediocrity. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a I would say <laughs> that's the exception, not the rule for how Pittsburgh Steelers fans think. So um, uh, if if that's the case for you, then I, I think you you, you know. I don't know. I, I don't know what to say to that because I personally think that getting to the playoffs for the Pittsburgh Steelers is not enough. There are plenty of teams in the league though, that do not make the playoffs on a regular basis. And so they would definitely think that that is not a lost season, not mediocrity. That's one of your best seasons in ever. So um, that's, you know, that's what I would say. So uh, I, for, for Steelers fans, it's probably a little less than stellar overall. So. Alrighty, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to this show. Let's see. Oh, we got another question here. Let's do it. Gino says, what do you think is the problem that they're not getting Washington and Austin involved more? Is it a Canada thing? I think it is. I think the Steelers drafted Darnell Washington for a different purpose than what we imagined as Steelers fans. We saw a seam stretching, massive red zone target uh, that can block with the best of them and they saw a guy who can block with the best of them and that's it <laughs> so uh I, I don't get it necessarily for him that doesn't make sense to me uh you've gotta you've gotta get him more involved in the passing game he's so big 
he could be such a mismatch in the middle of the field. And the funny thing to me is they've given him a couple, a couple targets the last couple weeks, but they're all on the perimeter in like the flats and everything. And that to me does not maximize his skill set. So very interesting. Uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, and then getting Calvin Austin involved. The problem with Calvin Austin is now anytime they bring him onto the field, he's just a gadget player now. And so they're like, oh, 19th on the field, 19th on the field. Uh, Jeff Hartman says this all the time too. Uh, so they just are like eyeballing what's he going to do. And so you you eliminate some of his effectiveness because he's not out there in a full-time role. I think he should probably be out there a little bit more than Allen Robinson uh, is my personal take on this. I think that um, uh, this is uh, the Steelers should really consider if they're going uh, these types of personnel situations. 11 personnel, you get Darnell Washington on the field. Okay? Uh, and then in in 12 personnel, you would have, obviously, Washington and Fryermuth. If you're going four wide and a running back, then you're going, to me, you're going Pickens, DJ, Austin, Fryermuth. And then if you're going five wide, you would bring out um, either Allen Robinson or uh, Connor Hayward and, and use them that way. So... I would have to look at all the snap counts and, and the s- schematics of it, but I, I don't think that's how the Steelers are playing things right now. In 11s, it's Fryermuth on the field. In, in 12s, it's obviously Washington and, and Fryermuth. But Austin needs to be on the field more. I think he needs to have a, a bigger repertoire of of routes and, and usages so that way teams can't just target him and say, oh, 19's on the field, it's a jet sweep. Oh, 19's on the field, he's going. Oh, 19's on the field, it's a screen pass. Uh, he's got to have more playing time so that it can be a little bit more unexpected. And those are the things, ladies and gentlemen, that I am talking about when I say Matt Canada's scheme sucks. Doesn't put players in position to succeed because there's no creativity or fluidity to the offensive schematics as far as players go. And that's why George Pickens is not your number one receiver right now. That's why Calvin Austin is relegated to a punt returner and a gadget player, and it's why Darnell Washington isn't getting targeted over the middle of the field and in the red zone. Simple as that. I'm not on the Fire Canada train as far as, like, we need to be doing this in every stadium across the country or on uh, ESPN uh, game day or whatever it's called, Uh, but he, he does not need to be the offensive coordinator of this team moving forward. That's just the way it is. Alrighty. I appreciate you all joining me today. Uh, I am going to sign off here and uh, get my, get my day rolling, but I appreciate you all joining in. It was a fun show as always. Great questions this week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week again on Saturday morning. Steelers play again on Sunday. Uh, so uh, against the, against the Cincinnati Bengals who will be Joe Burrow list for the rest of the season. So I mean, you got to win these next two games, Pittsburgh, you got to, because your your division rivals are are done in this regard and they're just playing spoiler don't let them spoil your season don't do it all right let us go let's sign out here um and i appreciate all of you joining me looks like we got dave schofield in here on the last bit as well thanks dave for joining in uh i got started a little bit earlier than nine today uh but we'll be back 8 30 9 o'clock somewhere in there uh next week as well 
Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you all for joining me. That's going to do it for us here on the Steelers Q&A. Have a good one. Let's go.